I am Doug Friedman. I am Bonnie Ray. And this is Your Mental Breakdown, a podcast geared especially for you on the Patreon, all about you, because that's what everything's about. It's not about us at all, ever, except right now. It's about you, Bonnie. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I got to work on my intros. <laughs> I'm just sitting here with a big smile on my face. Oh. Because of your intros, not not because of you. Oh. That's part of it. Yeah. But wait. Oh. Hmm. No. Mm. So you're laughing at me or with me? Or Both. For me? Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Laughter's yeah. laughter. That's it is. <laughs> on a serious note, I say this a lot to people, and I struggled with this for a little bit. The idea of false hope. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as false hope. Hope is hope. It's a good feeling. When you have hope, it's great. You'd be like, right. well, false hope. I, I don't want to get myself excited about something that's not going to happen. Like, but the excitement's real. Why not be excited? And it's fun. You're just taking right? away the the joy of the hope in that moment, thinking it's going to perhaps prevent you from feeling the discomfort or pain if it doesn't work out, but it doesn't work that way. Yeah. What do you have hope about right now? Right now that we will be free to move about the country at some point oh. and other countries. And, you know, I, yeah. I, okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what I have hope about. You ready for this? Okay. Yes. And I need help with this. Cause I want to have more hope than I actually have. When I okay. say I have hope, I have a very small amount. Okay. Okay. Long way to go, but it's going to be worth it. Okay. There's this game called Wordle. Do you know this game? <laughs> you, you know me enough to know I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay, listeners, if you don't already know, Google has this thing where literally if you Google Wordle, W-O-R-D-L-E, a game will pop up. Somebody in the UK like came up with this game where you try to guess a five-letter word. And okay. you enter the word in, it'll tell you how many letters right or how many letters wrong. And, and it's cool. And you have six tries to guess the word. And you would be surprised at how difficult or easy it is sometimes to guess the right word. It's pretty cool. And a lot of people are <laughs> posting on social media their results. <laughs> okay. I'm being serious. This, this, oh, this is not I've the joke. I've seen part. it. I've seen it. But I, I didn't See? know what it was. Okay. See? Mm -hmm. There's That's like blocks, like green or yellow or something. Okay. Yes, okay. ma'am. Yes, ma'am. See, you you do know what this is. And that is giving you hope. Yeah. No. See, that, that okay. that's a wordle right there. But then when you get to the actual, I'm showing Bonnie what it looks like on my phone, a picture of the actual game. But yeah, the, those blocks, you know, it'll say like wordle, game number 210, three out of six. I mean, you, you got it on your third out of six tries. Right. And that's the 211th wordle or whatever it was. You get one a day on Google. Really cool. Okay. Now, now, I love that you're nodding along. Is this what you look like in session? You're nodding along, uh -huh. looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? Is yep. this ever going to end? Yep. Eventually it will. We've got an hour. <laughs> so <laughs> I posted a Wordle block thing that you saw okay. with the, the orange and green. Sure. On, on my Facebook. And somebody commented, a friend of mine, and in high school, we used to play games on, on the top floor of her house. Yeah, top floor. I said it. She had three floors to her house. The third floor okay. was like the game room. And you know, we're like, yeah, we should totally get together and play some games. Let's play spades. Let's play hearts. Let's play rummy. Let's let's do it. I'm like, great. She's like, yeah, as soon as it's safe to do so in the in the future. I'm like, great. When is that going to be? When is it going to be safe to do things like that without wearing a mask, without worrying? Right. You and I, we were live two weeks ago. We're remote right now. Right. I want to have hope that we're going to be live and going to be having game nights and dinner parties and things like that again. And we can sit in a circle and play Wordle? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? No. Wordle was... was that a, was your entryway. Exactly. That was my entryway to get to the point. I've played words with friends with you, Doug. I will never play a word game with you ever again. It's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about Rummy Cube? No, no. You're not invited for, for game night because I always oh. win game night, especially if it's Scrabble or involving Ooh. words. But I have really? a feeling that you would destroy me based off of words with friends unless you're a cheater. 
because I feel like you can cheat on those games. Well, Words with Friends has cheating in it if you know right. Scrabble rules because you can right. try words until they accept it. Right. In Scrabble, you can't. In Scrabble, you try a word, and if it's not a real word, you lose your turn. Yep. In yep. Words with Friends, you, you keep plugging it in, and it's for me, it was great because I could just pick you know letter patterns that I think like, oh, this looks like a high-scoring word that would fit here. Oh, nope, right. it's not a real word. Okay, let's try again. Right. So yeah, that's not fair. But I feel like a game night where you always win, it would be wonderful to have me there so that I could witness you actually winning. It would. I actually am very into crosswords. It's it's what mm. I live for. I live for coffee in the morning and a crossword at night. And I actually play against hmm. my mom, who's in her mid-70s. Wait, you play against? I play against her. So she she gets the newspaper. She scans it, emails it to me. I print it. And then at the wow. same time, we say, ready, set, go. And we do a crossword puzzle. Whoa. Now, my mom has this old and faulty narrative that she's not like s- smart enough, even though that is so not true. She kicks my ass maybe 80% of the time. Wow. And so it's so fun for me because one, I love crossword puzzles and I like the competition, right. a, a little healthy, loving competition. We'll help each other out if we get stuck. But to right. have my mom kick my ass is very humbling. So maybe I will invite you to game night, <laughs> but I hear you just to be able to go to something like game night without, do we need to take tests? Are we safe? Da, da, da. Do we sit outside? It's right. just, it's right. exhausting. Right. It is. And it makes me want to revisit something with you. I remember okay. once we were talking about crosswords. I want to go there again. <laughs> <laughs> Do not do, therapize though. me. <laughs> <laughs> let's put a pin in this and I'll take you back. Let's let's put a pin in it and I will take the pin out right now. I loved crosswords. My dad loved crosswords. And I noticed two things. One is the LA Times was easier than the New York Times. A hundred percent easier. And each day of the week, it got progressively harder until you got to the Sunday, which was yep. really hard. Right. So which crossword do you do with your mom? We do the LA times, LA LA times. Do you do do it like just the Sunday one and you use Sundays and one a week or you do daily? I don't look into it closely. She just sends them to me, but I usually get them almost every day. So I think I do. I think we do seven days a week. Not that we're always doing it, but I collect them and she'll be like, did you get my emails? Aw, yeah, it's, sweet. It's, it's pretty sweet. I have done the New York. It is much harder. The, oh, the LA, yeah. cro- I know I'm going to finish it. Like I might get stuck and sometimes be like, okay, I know that I can complete easy and pretty quick New York Times. Right. Oof. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's a state of mind that if you get into, I've noticed when, I'm, when I've got my crossword chops up, like you're just thinking in those terms, right? Yes. Yes. The New York Times, LA Times thing. I think maybe there, there's a thing where LA just in general makes you feel smart. New York is out there to make you feel dumb. Yep. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. So you guys are going to hear a session with me and Drew now. I think the only thing to know about this one is that you will hear some noise in the background. It is his dog gnawing on a bone. Like that just happens sometimes. And every now and then he'll do it like right by the mic. I have said to Drew, like, hey, you know, your dog's getting a little close. Let's let's move. But most of the time, just like, nah, you guys are fine with it. It's a dog gnawing a bone. I didn't notice that. And I think that's because I'm used to that sound. But <laughs> we'll see if your listeners do. We'll see. We'll see. And we'll see you. Well, probably never, but we'll talk to you in just a few minutes. Noticing your growth over a year, and it's been almost two years since we started. Yeah. It's, it's fun looking back. Like, you're you're different. I see it, and we talk about it in terms of different jobs, different relationships, but you're in your skin every day. Yeah, and, and it's crazy. It feels good. And I totally, I feel different, you know, mindset-wise and just kind of like my day-to-day. And what's really cool for me is is your growth. Like, you'll come in and say things like, 
yeah, I, I was just trying to go with it, be a little more Green Beret about this. And it's, <laughs> it's just your way of thinking now and how you've taken it on and how you've done it and getting through things like getting paid, having your boundaries, what that looks like. It, it's cool. Cause there's rewind a year ago, rewind two years ago when you were like, I'm really bad at finances. I don't know how to organize my thoughts. I just spew. I think I'm so more aware of the organization and, and finances and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm starting to practice it. It was my mm. big two six. And so that was That's like right. the one where it's like the insurance and phone bills and cars and just Oh, everything. that's right. Yeah. You're, you're technically on your own for a lot of that now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like fully kind of like on my own, on my own. I, it feels no different than it was like a week ago, you know, but um, I think it's a lot more real. It's almost like 26. Okay. The training wheels are off. Mm-hmm. And dad's long since let go of the bicycle seat. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. But you can still like pedal into the garage for a minute, you know, and recharge yeah. and then go back out. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to be on your own and do it all. And you can't have any support. Part of being an adult and being on your own is knowing how to use your support. Right. I think this birthday, last couple of weeks for me, right, have done just kind of that. I didn't tell my mom about the whole girlfriend situation until like two weeks ago because oh, wow. I didn't necessarily want her to know. And I thought, you know, when we talked about it, I, I figured that she would put every other girl in the future in that same category. So right. I kind of was trying to navigate right. how to talk to her about it. But I think with that scenario, like specifically, it really showed me that I was able to lean on the people I wanted to lean on when I wanted to lean on them. Mm. And so majority lean on myself in my new 26-year-old life of kind of being on my (laughs) own, you know, and and kind of like relying on myself wholeheartedly. And I think I came to the realization the other day that like I'm fully capable of doing this. I just kind of haven't been pushed to do it yet. I, yeah. I think the the mom and dad kind of being that safety net for my whole life. But I think now it's just a little bit different in the sense of like mindset of, I got this. I can do this. Whereas a year ago, uh-uh, like no fucking way. Hmm. What's given you, I mean, what's helped with that difference? I don't know if it's confidence or just willing to take a, a risk or being more comfortable with the unknown. Like, what is it? How does that happen? Well, I think like going back to like elementary school, right? I was a big group project kind of guy because mm-hmm. I was always afraid of either being really good at something or really bad at something. And so in a group mm-hmm. setting, I would kind of like blend in and not pass the blame, you know, good or bad, but kind of share it. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I think I'm getting a lot more comfortable in the solo projects and taking the blame, good or bad, and kind of experiencing what I want life to be and not what I think the people around me want it to be. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the, the solo the solo aspect of a lot of the last year has been amazing in the sense of like I'm I feel like I'm lead role in my movie again. Yeah. versus, you know, kind of playing a supporting actor. Absolutely. And I think as you're describing this, I I think what I hear is you kind of walking through something where the way you're describing being in groups is similar to how you talked about being a people pleaser, just wanting everything to be okay and I don't want to stand out as a super success or super failure, or even a little success or a little failure. There's safety in in the group, safety in numbers. And how you're describing is like, wait, I want the experience for myself. I don't want to just be in the shadows and and keep everybody else happy. I want to experience the happiness or the sadness, whatever it might be, or both, and have that experience. I like that. And I believe that because you're having a more, more full experience of your own life, you know, and why you can take what happened with girlfriend and, and look at that and, and look at how, how that could have devastated you and is still devastating and a bummer for sure. But it's, it doesn't have to be everything and all consuming. And it's, there's a version of you that would have told your mom what happened. So you could pretty much let her lick your wounds. You might even fly back home, give me a hug. Like I want to feel loved. I want to be loved on. I want to know I'm okay. And Going back to something we've used that that threefold Buddhist thing, is it honest? Is it kind? Is it necessary? I could be honest with her and I can be kind, but it's not necessary. I don't have to tell her what happened. And even when I do, I don't need to tell her all the details. Yeah. My car situation plays into that now because hmm. financially, like I took a huge hit and I got 
fucked on this deal. And, you know, I like, mm. this is one of those like perfect scenarios where I would call mom and dad and be like, yo, like help me. Right. Whereas now I'm like, no, like, like I'm going to, I'm going to sink or float on this one, you know, and I'm going to mm. do that on my own. And I believe in myself and I believe in kind of where I'm going and what I'm doing right now that I won't need to rely on them. It'll come and it'll kind of work itself out. Looking at what kind of support I want or need from them. We've talked about financial support. We've talked about emotional support. We talk about it in terms of, you know, a pit stop. Like sometimes I just need change the tires, fuel me up and, and let me get back out there. But don't tell me how to drive. Don't get in the car with me. Don't slide me over to the passenger seat and you drive. Like I might need a pit stop. And here's what I need from it. And being able to go to them in that way, like I, I see you more and more being able to to recognize that because it's your journey in the car, your journey in life. Yeah, I might need a little support. I'll sink or swim on my own. Sure. But if I'm sinking, yeah, then I'm going to grab onto something so I don't fully sink and drown. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to test myself, real life test myself um, and where I was at. And kind of going off like the two years, you know, of being like, okay, like I want to see where Drew's at. So I was talking to old girlfriend. And so we linked up and got lunch. Okay. And I'm really excited about that because going into that, I was like, I want to see emotionally where I'm at and where I'm triggered and, and kind of like, how do I fit into the world again? Because there's, there's still a lot of comfort there. Like I, that was an easy test, yeah. if that makes sense. And so it was cool. Great lunch. Didn't feel the need to text her right away after. It wasn't like, oh my God, we're going to get back together. This is great. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, that was a good lunch. Like for me. And so it was a good opportunity to kind of like see where I was at emotionally and, and do I want to jump into another relationship? Cause that would have been the perfect opportunity for me to feel that. Right. That old version. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, I think I showed up super authentic and it wasn't like a plea for pity. It was more of a, yeah, that's what I went through and this is kind of what's happening. And I'm, I'm in a really good spot right now. So what, what did that, what did that do for you? What was, what was kind of like your takeaway from that? I think the big pat on my back is understanding my emotional boundaries now in everything that we have talked about over the last two years has been very uh, relationship driven, but I really wanted to see that I could walk into a situation where I know I've been hurt and be okay. And I think that was like my first practice for kind of what my mom looks like. I guess I'm trying to rationalize two folds here. One, I wanted to see her. I haven't seen her in a really long time, and I just wanted to go talk to her and see her, and it was a good opportunity to. But, like, genuinely, I wanted to test myself and not... Mm-hmm. Like, if, if I went came out of that and was, like, madly in love with her all over again and needed to see her again, like, that weekend, and it was a good kind of, like, mile marker for me that right. I can kind of put that in the past and let that be there and not dwell on it. There's something about this where... You're looking at, on the one hand, yeah, I wanted to just see her and connect, and it was cool. And for that piece, it's not uncommon after a breakup or whatever, after a relationship ends, that people go back to an ex. We've talked about it in terms of mile markers. Like, let me look at that that mile marker back there, because I'm at this one over here. Am I in the same place? Do I want to go back? Or have I grown? Can I see my growth? What you wanted to get, I think, I'm hearing, is I want her to see my growth. It's sort of like being able to to share some of what I'm doing now. I think at the heart of that for me, that would have wanted to show her that I'm in a good spot. So, hey, come back now. It was more like, yeah, I know I'm in a good spot. Nice. I don't need to show her that. Yeah, that's cool. I, I like that. And, and you know, I love when you push back. It's not about wanting her back at all. It, it's about, like you said, it's sort of like a test. Like, can I walk into this and can I be okay? I know I'm good with, with who I am and what I'm doing and all that, but maybe am I going to be okay walking into a situation where sometimes I would slip into that codependence or I would need that reassurance? Am I really okay? Yeah, I am. Okay, cool. And like you said, it's almost prep for dealing with mom right now and how she's relapsing and going through what she's going through. And okay. Can I, can I walk into that and be okay? Yeah. All right. It's testing it out. 
You weren't after like this old girlfriend want me back. You weren't even after, have I evolved enough since then? Like, I know the answers to those. I don't want her back. Well, and like my big thing with all of that too is like, who really cares if like she sees it or not? What's her opinion on my growth matter to me? Like at the end of the day, like what my self-confidence and the, the self is becoming yeah. is a lot more of yeah. like, I'm proud of what I'm doing. I'm enjoying my day to day. I like it. So uh, if you fit into that, cool. Not, no worries. And you said it right there, self-confidence. That, that, that's actually like, yeah, I, I'm good with who I am. Yeah, well, and then to kind of add on to this, I've been waiting to give girlfriend her stuff back. Mm. I think looking back on it, going to see old girlfriend, having that kind of lunch now allowed me to not feel like I needed to run back to girlfriend when I saw her. Because I knew there was going to be feelings and I knew that she's really good at talking in that way. And so I had friend take me down. So I, I had the, the wingman there. So I knew I couldn't get trapped in any way. Mm-hmm. And so I texted her kind of like right before that. I was like, hey, can I get my watch back? And she was like, <laughs> she was like, oh, so we're not going to talk? And I was like, about like, what do we have to talk about? Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? And so I was like, I'll pull up in like 15 minutes. Like, if you want to talk, like, sure, like I'll be there. But like, I don't have really much to say. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick. If you need help moving your stuff inside, like I can help you. Like, I'm not just trying to like dump it and leave. I hop out of the car, you know, I go in for the hug. Like, hey, good to see you. Like, what's up? How you been? And she was like, no, I can't. And I was like, oh, God, this is what we're doing. And so, like, it was one of those scenarios where she pulled every card in the book to try and get me to stay and talk. For me, I feel like if I didn't have that with old girlfriend, I couldn't have walked through that because there's a lot of, like, resolution in that conversation that I had with old girlfriend. And not between Mm -hmm. me and her, but I think between me and myself. And so Mm. that allowed me to now not feel like I wasn't upset, but I wasn't happy, but I wasn't like, okay, I'm glad she's out of my life. So like, I'm kind of like walking through resolving stuff and practicing what's new. I like hearing this from you. I mean, you're telling me what you're not feeling. You're telling me what you are feeling. You're having the experience. You're seeing, okay, I tested it out with old girlfriend and I had resolution there. Cool. I feel more resolved going into seeing how my most recent ex is going to act and she can act however she wants. Yeah. She's going to pull out all the hits. Okay. And I I brought my wingman, but I'm also good with myself. What's different about you now than when I've heard in the past is I wasn't just trying to be a nice guy or please her or make sure she's okay or take care of her because that would take care of me. I know what will take care of me. And I'm good. I'll be here. And I'm not going to feel pulled. I've got my boundary now. Sure, you want help carrying this inside? Cool. And even like coming in for the hug, but, where you were doing that, like, cool, I'm, I am I got my bubble. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, there, there definitely is more resolve to you about this and about being your own person. Now I know who I am. And I see who she is. Okay, that's not going to happen. But I can still see her as her and I can be me. Cool. That actually sounds pretty healthy. Yeah. And it felt good. And yeah, I like I feel resolved. You know, I, I don't feel like there's anything hanging there. I don't feel like I've left anything or there's a version of you, maybe it's a more little Drew version that used to exist. And I'm wondering what you would say to him. Cause he would have gone down there, probably without friend, would have not only carried the box in. Would have gone for the hug, and when she said, no, I can't, oh, why not? I know, me too. And it would have gone a lot differently. So thinking about that version of you, what would you say to him? Go to therapy. I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's not okay. much I could say. You know what I mean? Well, go to therapy. Um, why? Why? I think it's a little true. It's such an emotional charge behind so much of his rationale that... Mm-hmm. A lot of it was jaded by the situation or by previous events mm-hmm. to where now somewhat, you know, I'm not that great at it, but I can somewhat separate emotion and rational thinking in these moments now. In that moment where she pulled back, I was like, okay, that's your feeling, not mine. I'm here. What you need, I got you. But like, don't, don't push that boundary. You know what I mean? I didn't go there expecting her to hug me. It was just genuinely showing up. 
genuinely I showed up and I was vulnerable and I was like, yeah, I'm hurting too, but I'm here and I'm not going to just leave. But like, I can't spend time with you or talk to you like this anymore. It's figuring out what's right with for me too, you know, because a lot of people have been like, fuck that bitch, leave her, like back to the streets, turn away and like, don't ever talk to her again. Right. Whereas like for me, that's not what I want to do. Little Drew. Like, oh yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do? All right, cool. Like, fuck you. So I think right. navigating my true feelings and how I wanted to feel them was huge. Yeah. I love that. It's the difference between having fifth gear or slamming into reverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you've got a lot more gears now. Yeah. It, well, and I, and I think navigating to, to knowing when I want to switch gears hmm. is another big thing for me, but there's a time and place for it. I'm not dropping everything now to meet somebody in their gear. If I'm in three and they're in four and it's kind of a stretch, you know, okay, like let's do it. But if I'm in reverse and you're in six, like I can't, I can't do that anymore. Right. Right. Just doesn't work. It relates to a lot of the interactions you have. It relates to coworker, relates to mom. That's just one of those situations where like, I don't even know how to describe what's going on with him. Because it, it's such a weird predicament I just found myself in with him. Because, you know, he was family business and it's like constant. I got you. Don't worry about it. And so I, I think that's another thing I'm really proud of as far as like boundary wise. I do need the money, but I'm also, again, not going from six to reverse to ruin everything else I have going on for this. Because I realize now that I do believe in what I'm doing and, and it's like it's coming and it's there. Something I'm really happy about. And it's not, it has nothing to do with me or like stuff I can control. And so I'm like, okay, I can't control that. Like I'm not more putting my eggs in that basket now, but I'm focused there. Cause I can't control what's going on. It's out of my hands. Yeah. And you can, you can still be concerned. Like, yeah, I was supposed sure. to get paid. There's still two other invoices. Like, sure. yeah, I would like to get paid, but right now I'm sticking that in neutral and I'm in third gear over here. There's something about this that to me reminds me of you showing up as you authentically. What do I have to offer? Me, authentically me, not trying to please them or be a certain way. Or, and I hear you more and more becoming that, like, if something's not cool, you're not just going to say like, oh yeah, it's cool. No problem. It's fine. No, it's not. Yeah. And, and I think I'm navigating how to how to have that conversation too. We're supposed to go to Palm Springs. I was supposed to go for my birthday. It was a rush trip because my boys were flying from Seattle. And so we pushed it to do a 420 trip in Palm Springs. And then my homeboy was like, oh, my mom's birthday. And so he pushed it back to the end of April. And I was like, guys, listen, like I'm trying to take a vacation here. You guys keep pushing it. I'm going to go. If you want to come, you can meet me. You know, like, please come. I would enjoy that. Yeah. But I need, I need a vacation. There you go. Look at that and smile so, yeah. too. Look at that smile yeah. when you're saying that. Yeah. How are you? How are you feeling right now? Telling me about this. I think twofold story. I think yeah. one empowering. I think it's great. I think it's a lot of confidence, and I think that I'm enjoying what I'm doing, which feels really good. The second fold of that is where I'm trying to navigate now of how to not be emotionally charged in those conversations. Cause like, I was still bummed. I was like, fuck off guys. Like, this is so annoying. So I was still frustrated with it, but I made the right outcome decision. I just didn't quite get there the way I wanted to. Yeah. That, and that's, that's being human. And that's where it's the and not the, but I was frustrated and we got there. It's recognizing that emotion is there. Pretending you don't have it, ignoring it, avoiding it, compartmentalizing it. If you just kind of go, yeah, this is really frustrating. I'm trying to have a vacation. Here's what I need to do. Here's what I'm doing. Then you acknowledge it and you can move forward. You don't have to dwell on it, especially with, with Adam's mom. It wasn't like, I am so disappointed. This is so frustrating. And it's triggering because it reminds me of every time my mom said something and went back on her word. And I just can't handle this right now. It's not all that. You're laughing, right? Because you're like, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You would do that internally, though. For sure. Yeah. And maybe a little externally. Yeah. I mean, with my mom, too, you know, I think I'm getting a better grip on the realization of my trust issues. 
again, I'm becoming more aware of it as I've been navigating kind of like this, this cutoff situation going on. And so like the, the thing that kind of tripped me out and this happened yesterday, they had paid for my, to me to get a tattoo because I probably couldn't have got that tattoo at that moment, but without them. So amazing. Thank you. I was like, Hey, you guys have already gotten me my thing. Like, please don't get me anything else. Like, please let's leave it at this. This is amazing. Like, thank you. Right. Right. And so my mom mentioned to me the other day, she was like, Hey, we're not cutting you off. We're going to give you a little something to kind of send you off. Like it's your 26. Like, this is kind of you coming into the world. Like we got you. Right. Mm -hmm. And growing up kind of watching my brother grow up a year ahead of me. Right. There's a couple instances where he would get a big chunk of money, whether it was graduating high school, going to college, getting out of the officer school. You know, it was always kind of like sure. coming into his own situation. Yeah. And yeah. and I never I had never gotten that. And so I was like, oh, shit, this is mine. Like coming into the world, like, like I, I finally have right. something where I've accomplished it to a certain degree and I'm on my way. My biggest favorite all-time gifts that I get consistently are cards. Because that's something I can look back on and open it and be like, I love this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is it, right? And so yesterday, she next dated it to me. So I was like, okay, kind of weird for my mom to next date, like a birthday card. There's probably some, some good money in there. Like, awesome, right? And so I'm like, <laughs> sure. and I was getting overexcited. And I, I kind of stopped myself and I was like, well, wait. Like, what if they don't send me anything? What? How am I going to feel? Am I going to be disappointed in them because they didn't send me money for my birthday? Like, what am I doing right, right. now? And right. so I got the envelope. It was a big envelope. And, you know, it, it's thick. And I'm like, okay, like, here we go, right? And so I opened the first card, and it was from my mom. And, like, it was probably the best card she's ever given me in my life as far as, mm. like, sentiment. Mm. It was one of those where it was, like, even though we fought, I hope you know I loved you. Like, one of those kind of cards, right? Yeah. And so I loved that. And then I opened my dad's, same thing. I'm like, man, this is awesome. I love it. And then I looked at the check, it was 200 bucks. And and so what I'm trying to say in all of that is that they gave me exactly what I wanted emotionally. And and I was like, okay, weird. I took it not as a slap in the face, but kind of disrespectful because we all know $200 isn't affecting my life even minutely at this point. Just the way she worded it and kind of went about the pre-hype about what it was, I went to Little Drew and instantly Mm -hmm. got the, oh, she's buying my love. Great. She does love me. This is my birthday. Like, awesome. (laughs) And then when I got through the last card, I really sat like for a couple of minutes and thought about one where I was at and why I was, where I was feeling and what I was feeling. And I kind of came to the conclusion that the cards meant more than any amount of money they could ever even like possibly give me. They've helped me so much in my life. Like they've helped me so much that it's not even, I'm very appreciative that thought process of, okay, this is $200. Like really? I actually gave it to a homeboy because he needed it and I didn't necessarily right now. And so I was able to bless somebody who really needed that money when I didn't. And so I guess what I'm trying to say with all of that was that, me coming into my own over the last couple of days, I'm very appreciative for the family I do have. I think I've overlooked that a lot in the last couple of years, not by like forgetting about them or anything, but kind of like dwelling on it. And now I'm really excited to have the family I have. And, you know, a lot of people kind of miss my birthday this year, which happens every year. My birthday sucks every year. And, you know, so like the people that did reach out and did hit me up, like it meant a lot more to me because I was really appreciative of that. My mom did and my dad did. I had so much good around me that like the little pieces where I was like, oh, that's kind of disappointing. It wasn't like a detrimental, let me sit in my room and cry on my birthday. And I mean, you're, you're, you're a gift giver for sure. You enjoy that. You like that. I think we've fine tuned like, oh, right. I'm not trying to buy their love. And we talked a long time ago about giving somebody a card. And you were like, well, yeah, it's funny you should say that because that's one of my favorite things to get, right. right? It's the sentiment and the emotion. And that's, you know, the love language that's very high for you. I think for you, it's those are the things that matter. Yeah. And a card is is a reflection of that. Yeah, absolutely. It was a crazy, weird birthday. Mm. I felt okay throughout all of it, but it was really shitty. Like it, was, it was shitty. Holidays and birthdays, man, just not for me. Well, they haven't historically been. It doesn't mean it always will be that way. 
because I, I buy my own stuff, like my my own gifts too. So I my right. my love language to myself is buying myself some shit. I think that's also why I never really expect anything from anybody as far as gifts, because I always buy it for myself. Yeah, I I, I <laughs> I'm similar, but the gift receiving for me is like zero. Kind of hate it. Right. Same. As soon as people go like, well, what do you want? I'm like, well, and I think about it and I come up with it. I'll just go and buy it for myself. Yeah, right. And when people want are it. like, <laughs> right, <laughs> like, I'll give gifts to myself. I'll receive from myself. No problem. No problem. Right. And it's when people go, oh, man, well, can I can I at least send you like like a hundred bucks or a gift certificate? I'm like, I say the same thing and I mean it every time, which is what essentially you did. Like, why don't you take that 200 bucks and go have like a dinner you wouldn't normally have and right. take a picture of yourself having fun at the dinner and send me the picture? Yeah, I like that. And I believe that. And that's essentially what you did with the 200 bucks. I'm going to do an act of service for someone else. I don't necessarily know that you need or want to do this, but saying like, love the cards that really hit the heart. Like that was awesome. And yeah, thanks for the money. I actually was able to help out a friend of mine and pay it forward because I really am into acts of service and it was really great. So you, you made that possible and that, that meant so much. Yeah. Don't need to say that. I'm just kind of yeah. highlighting like what it was for you. It was like, it was full. It was a complete package that you got from them. Yeah, because I, I don't feel like I was missing anything. I think that was a good mile marker going into my own out of bounds, mm. kind of like getting now into my own pathway of where I'm going, because that was the send off I needed to a degree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the best sentiment you could have gotten from them. I like the, as you said, the self confidence. You know what you're feeling and you're seeing it around you, and that that little Drew looks littler and littler. <laughs> you know. <laughs> As you grow, doesn't mean he won't come back. Like you said, I went into little Drew, like, yeah. And we see it and we recognize it and that's okay. We can do that. We can be that sometimes. Overall, the growth is just amazing. Yeah. I feel like I'm just starting to grow too. Like I'm just starting to grow. You are growing and you're taking it out for a spin now. Mm -hmm. That was going to see old girlfriend. Was, mm -hmm. Let me take this grown version of me. Mm -hmm. This confident version of me that doesn't need this or this. Right. And let me see what that looks like over here. Oh, cool. Yeah, that does look cool. Okay, let me do it over here. Oh, cool. These are the new trails that, that we carved. Yeah. And now you get to the top of the lift and it's not just out of bounds. We've moved some boulders and trees and you go, right, there's the trail. Oh, and there's new fresh powder. Awesome. Let's go. Let's carve. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Right? Yeah. I like it. Look at that smile on your face. It's like yeah. you're embracing this leg of your life right now. Fully. Yeah. 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 In every way possible, I think. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Well, you're 26 now. You're kind of an adult. Kind of an adult <laughs> now, dude. Fuck. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> and we are back. Welcome back, Bonnie. Great session. Thank you. You're welcome. He has changed and grown. He is so much more confident mm. and self-assured than the last time I heard him. Really? Interesting. Oh, fully, completely. The theme that I kind of got from the session or what he's really realizing internally and able to share with you is that He's in charge of his okayness. Like he's finally mm. in the driver's seat. He's driving right. the car of his so-called life. He's like, Aww. this is my life. When something happens, I don't jump right to checking in with other people or going to external sources for comfort. I'm sitting with myself. I'm checking in with myself first right. to see how I feel. And then I'm being more discerning about who I involve in comfort, support, decision-making. It's so cool right. when you start to see a client who maybe has a lot of external resource start to mm. really tap in and increase internal resource. Absolutely. Good pull. Because that, that was one of my, my notes was, wow, he's seeing things externally, but making change internally and still yes. recognizing it's a bit of both. And yeah, just to kind of stick with that idea of growth, which you mentioned, you heard the last Drew episode you did was about three months before this one. 
Okay. In session time. So okay. three months of therapy That's have helpful. gone by since you've heard him. And it's, it is really cool because he's, he was equating something that he was noticing, you know, just out in the world. And I kind of brought him back to like, well, can you apply it? I think what you're saying applies to work applies to this, but, and yes. it, it did, it was hitting each one of those places. Right. Right. And yeah. it's, I think since you last heard, he has a, a girlfriend. Okay. And we are just a few weeks out, maybe a, a, two months out from learning that she cheated on him. Okay. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they separated. Okay. And they're, they're on a break and they're kind of figuring things out. And what he's okay. been walking through the last couple of weeks was like, I don't want to do what I normally do in these situations, which is just throw up the wall, cut them out and be done with it. And I'm not going to do the, I'm just okay with it, or I avoid it right. or ignore it, or I fawn and think it's about me and try to make the situation better. Right. I'm just going to go, Hey, I'm not going to repeat my pattern. Either one of those extremes, either one of those ways, I'm just going to see who shows up here and what I want here. The amount of ego strength and just like self-love it takes to not go to one of those extremes right. is huge because those extremes of I'm going to cut you off, walk away, put that's self-protection. This is mm -hmm, too painful. Mm -hmm. I can't deal. Bye. And then the right. other extreme is I'm just going to maybe avoid, compartmentalize, right. accommodate, yep. maybe exist in an area of maybe some self-disrespect. Hmm he's able to step back. And I noticed this in so many different parts of the session. Like I'm going to sit back. I think he said, normally I would turn to my mom, but I'm going to turn to myself first and think about like, will my needs get met with hers or someone else I need to turn to. But I really just sat with myself. Like he's yeah. taking, he's no longer reacting. He's responding. Right. And in order to respond, he's tapping in and going, okay, let me just feel this out. Right. Let this be a different experience from what I'm used to, which as you're mm -hmm. saying, might be to go to extremes mm -hmm. and he's trusting himself to be able to do that. Right. Which is amazing. And it's trusting himself that he doesn't have to get it right right now. He's going to just be along for that experience. And right. it's, it's so incredible to me. He also throws back a lot of the metaphors and analogies we've used earlier Yes, to show that he's learning. I don't know if you've heard me. I think you've heard me say this one, but he even said, yeah, I feel like, not I think I am, but I, I'm getting the sense that feel. I really feel like I'm the lead role in my movie. Like I'm not just yes. playing a supporting actor because I, you know, we've talked about seeing different people's perspectives and them having different one than yours is okay because everybody is the lead actor in their own movie. Right. And right. He's like, oh, right. Even being a supporting actor, you know, I hear that and think, okay, but are you still supporting them or are you living your own? Right. And he is, at least in this session, talking about really living his own, doing it and building that ego strength that you're talking about. I think he said, I'm experiencing the life that I want it to be. And he, mm, he referenced, yep. I'm a lead role in my movie. He kept referencing uh, the solo act. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so interesting because he talked about in the past, he didn't want to be the best or the worst. So he'd kind of disappear right. in a group setting, Yeah, which is really yeah. interesting. And, and a, a lot of really self-awareness to be yeah. able to notice what that was about. And now he's like, no, I'm the solo act. I've got mm -hmm. myself. That's enough. I trust myself. I don't need to live in extremes, right or wrongs. I'm just going to explore and let right. the, the self-trust be the anchor to be able to explore and experience. Fall, Absolutely. get back up. And previously for him, it was, I'm so dependent on parents. So if I was that right. kid that fell and scraped my knee, I need them to make it okay. And even right. if I fall and scrape my knee and it looks like they're shocked and they don't know what to do, I'll suck it up and make it okay so that it doesn't put them out. Wow. And hearing that last week, uh, he was talking about being in the solo dolo, 
which I thought was just like a hip way of saying it. I had to like, look that up. Like, Oh wait, <laughs> that people do say that being in the solo dolo. That's a thing. Solo okay. dolo. Okay. Right. I'm going to drop that in with a client. Maybe they'll think I'm cool. Just kidding. They mm. don't think I'm cool. Not, not mm. one of them. No, I think you're cool by not knowing what is cool. That's, um, <laughs> okay. That's a nice way to put it. Right. Solo dolo. But he was saying like, I love that he did it this way. He said, yeah, it, it makes me think about elementary school. Like, whoa, okay, great. Because that tells me he's looking historically at his patterns. And right. he's able to see that now, which is awesome. And we're like nearly two years into his therapy. So for him to be pulling this stuff is great. And he was, that's where he said the thing about safety in numbers. Right. And, and that's sort of what you're talking about, about disappearing, being you know, not the best, not the worst, somewhere in the middle. So I'm anonymous. So I'm left alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, that idea of safety in numbers is, well, if we fail, we all fail together. You know, we, we've got that group safety. Right. It's not on me. Right. It's not the, the focus is not on me at all. And it's right. It, it's something I've heard from a lot of, of clients, a lot of people. One of my clients, I think last year reminded me of the, the myth of Icarus. I don't know if mm -hmm. you know this one, but classically we think of that as his dad made these wings and said, don't fly too close to the sun because it'll melt the wax and you'll plummet. Right. Right. Also said, don't fly too low because the salt from the seawater will get in there, muck it up and you'll also plummet. So the real right. myth of Icarus is don't fly too high or don't fly too low. Right. You're not safe either way. Right. 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 And that's sort of what you're noticing that he was talking about and what he's now, I think, working against because he's building that ego strength and man, can we say it this way? Some confidence is coming out. Oh, for sure. But I think it's, it's too, it's the idea that, yeah, I can fall and get hurt and I think I'm okay. Hmm. Yeah. Right. I, I really yeah. liked when he was talking about, he was walking into lunch. Was this with the ex? ex the uh, not the current. This is an ex-girlfriend from over a year ago. Okay. Two things I loved about that. I love how he was talking about, you know, I'm doing it for myself. This is a self test. Now it's yeah. not to say that we always are existing in self test, but he's like, I think I can handle this. There's a couple of things that would be nice. Like I do miss her. want to see how she's doing, but right, I've right. Ex I'm experiencing myself in a different way. And this could mm -hmm. be a place where old triggers come up. But also maybe mm. I get to experience myself showing up with this person from my past in a different way. Right. And I like when he pushed back with you because what he was saying was that walking into the lunch with his ex really wasn't for her. It wasn't for her to see his growth. It was for him to experience his own growth. And my right. thought was his ability to push back with you and say, no, that that's not actually what it was about for me. This is what it's about is yeah. his growth. Yeah. When an accommodator yeah. or a caretaker stops accommodating or caretaking me as a therapist in session, that's gold. Right. Like maybe they even get upset with me or, or say, no, that's not what I meant because we're going to be off. Sometimes we, we're not psychic. We don't know exactly what's happening when someone like that can actually say, actually, this is, this was what I was feeling, or this was my experience. Right. It's like, yes, they're, yeah. they're growing and they feel safe with me to say no. Exactly. And it, it's something, oh man, when clients don't want to disagree with their therapist and they think, oh, well, I guess that, that is the way I feel. Okay. I didn't know that before. No, to be able to say, wait, no, you actually got it wrong. It's this. That's right. awesome. I, as a therapist, love hearing that. And one of the of things I was taught when I was training as a younger therapist, because I'm still pretty young. I'm, I mean, I look young anyway. You're so young. Right? You're so young. You're in your college dorm right now, right? Totally. That, that's why yeah, you see the too. posters of Bon Jovi in the background. Um, right. Totally. Wait. Uh, I mean, Cardi B. <laughs> <You> mean <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> him walking through like wait, no, that's not what it is. Not a big deal to him in the moment. To me as the right. therapist, I even said it to him. Oh, I love when you push back Yes. to kind of like invite that and give permission to do that. Yes. When clients don't think they can do that or when therapists think, oh no, I need to get it to get it right or do this. Uh-uh. There's actually a technique I remember learning as a young therapist, which was 
you can say to, and this is teenage clients that haven't developed an emotional vocabulary. You can say, wow, you're really angry about that right now. Right. And I think you might've called this out on an episode, like when I, I, I named his feeling for him. And it's a technique where you do it because if you got it right, they'll go, yeah, I am really angry because this, this, it great. And they can go with it. If they're not, they can go, no, it's not anger. I was really just disappointed. Right. Great. Yes. And that's, we're looking for that. Sometimes at least me, I can't speak for all therapists, but we'll float things and I'm looking for the pushback. I'm looking for right. a correction. If it's there, I'm not going to say something purposefully wrong. Like, right. Oh, you seem, yeah. you seem like you find that really funny. No, I'm not laughing. Right. What are you talking about? Like, not that. Right. I think maybe when we talk about like newer therapists or green therapists or therapists who don't have a lot of experience might mm -hmm. try to never f quote unquote what they're saying is fail in that way. It's, I right. think that we know we're going to say things and be wrong. And as right. you said, right. So at least how I think of it is so much of change comes from the healing dynamic, the healing safe relationship between mm. us and our clients. We might be the first person they can say no to or correct. And exactly. because we welcome it, we don't take it personally. We might, as you did, I loved it. You encouraged him do this more. I yes. love this. Then yes. maybe he can outside of his life and his other relationships be able to say, you know what, mom, that, that's not actually how I'm feeling. Yeah. And you can take more ownership of his experience, but it, sometimes it does start in the, the safety of the therapeutic relationship to be able to do that. Absolutely. That's why, you know, you and I saying, and you and I together have said this, that a lot of what can be healing is the relationship itself. Yeah. It's not about giving something of value to a client every time and finding that value moment, that value add and, oh, there, I did it. So now I can charge them and now I can take their money because I gave them that one thing. Nope. You know, and you're shaking no. your head because it, it's what we're talking about is having the kind of relationship where a client can go, no, that's not really it. It's more this right. gives them that experience in this safe place and the familiarity of doing that. And something that we talked about, I think on the Sarah episode that we broke down when she said, oh, this is fluky. I just did this, this one time it's a fluke. Like, right. No, you're creating a new neural pathway. You just gave yourself a different experience. That's what we just did when Drew said, said that and said, oh, wow. Yeah. I love when you push back. It's now creating that pathway for him where he can do it and being able to do it with work with mom. Absolutely. And he's, I mean, I'm assuming you saw it too. You heard it too. That's where he was seeing his boundaries, not just in the ex-girlfriend that he had lunch with, but he's seeing it in these other places too. Yeah. It's, it's in all of them. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause there are a couple, I'm thinking of the very first episode I listened to, and I don't know if I was on the podcast or maybe it was just like, Oh, I want to get to know Drew, but he, I remember he cared so mm. deeply about, I think it was reactions to his Christmas presents. Was it t-shirts he was making? Uh-huh. Well, he made personalized sweatshirts for them. It was, okay. oh yeah, yeah. Sweatshirts. Because we called that episode, Bake My Shit With Love. You know, yes. it was like, yes. I don't want the store-bought cookies. I want to bake my shit with love. Right. Like, I, I want to give something of myself. And and you're right, because he did talk about the cards are so meaningful. We had that moment in that episode yes. about yes. cards are so meaningful to me. And he brings up cards again. There are so yeah. many full circles. Right? I was like, what? This is awesome how that happens. Like, the the Christmas presents, the sweatshirts, like that was a thing for him. He was so worried about that. Now he's like, I think they're cool. I don't even think that would be a thing. But he brings up his like of cards again in this session. Yep. He loves them because uh, they're sentimental. And mm -hmm. he has these old trust issues that he talks about. What if they don't send me anything? And he has a brother. Yeah, he has a brother. Okay. And, and that's I'm going to put it, I, I'm going to put a major pin in this with him. Okay. I don't think it's that I didn't catch it here. Cause I, I think you're going to hit something in a second. Okay. That's huge. Even though we're seeing so much progress in him, there's something about this huge, but go ahead. Okay. No, no pressure on you to hit it. <laughs> oh no. I actually have no clue what you're talking about, but mm -hmm. we will see. So he's talking about old trust issues and it's coming mm -hmm. up for him again. It's and correct right. me if I'm wrong, because I'm just listening to this session, piecing it all together. 
it sounds like in the past, maybe his brother has gotten a big financial gift for graduation or something big happens and they're like, right. congratulations, here's a big amount of money uh, yep, or an amount absolutely. of money that feels big for him. Yep. So then something big happens for Drew and his old triggers of what if I'm disappointed? What if they don't send me anything? But I have this hope that maybe they will. That would be really awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's sorting through little Drew, old feelings, current feelings. And so he says that the first card was the best card. I think it was from mom. Right. But it was sentimental and expressive. And he felt great. Like this is, again, the second episode he's talked about that these words, these sentimental notions are really meaningful for him. Mm -hmm. And his parents in this particular moment gave him what he wanted emotionally. Right. 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 And then he opens a second card and he's disappointed based on, I think mom kind of alluded to, you're going to be excited about this. There is this hype. Right. So he assumed it would be larger than the 200 that he received and also was considering, I think she's given more money to my brother. And he said that triggered little Drew. Right. So he started to panic. He started to feel a bunch of things. I was thinking about what does the myth of meaning? I think about like, what does this mean to him? What does the $200 mean to him? Little Drew might say, Mm. I'm second best. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. Right. And then he was able to stop, tap into Drew now that's been doing this work with you for the past two years. Mm -hmm. And when he really sat with it, he was like, no, they actually do love me. The myth of meaning around the 200, just 200 is old, right. is wrong. They love right. me. I got that in the sentimental card, which is actually more important to me than the money. So he kind of mm-hmm. readjusted how he was thinking and feeling about that. Right. And he found himself in this beautiful place of gratitude Yeah. around it. Yeah. And he's he's making new meaning out of something. And I, I love... Right. I'm, Man, I, I love some of your sayings, Bonnie. I really do. That myth of meaning. You know, right. That's what we're talking about, about this narrative or the story that we come up with yep. and, and the conclusions we can jump to. And the pin that I'm putting in, you pretty much hit it, was there is something that we do need to acknowledge at some point about the disappointment. Yeah. Some inequity between me and brother, what brother has gotten and what I don't get. Yes. Okay. And and I don't know if in the months since recording this session, if we've actually hit that or not, I'll have to go through. So is that something you've kind of, I know you say put a pin in it. I always have these mental post uh-huh. notes of like, now's not the time, or maybe the session's running out, or right. I'm just going to wait for this. It's kind of there and you'll know when to peel it off and address it. Exactly. Or as I say, exactly. find the therapeutic window to jump through. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This wasn't that, or I missed it. I do right. miss things. It, it it does happen, you know. Yep. Maybe once or twice every three four years. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I meant three four hours. <laughs> you know, it it does happen. I I do miss things. And this is something that hearing it back, go oh wait, there's something else there. But what you were talking about, what we right. were picking up, and what we focused on, is it was the sentiment that he was looking for, and that he could connect to, and still feel loved. Right. And still have that feeling right. from them and still feel seen. And it's, I mean, he said it was, it was the best card ever. Right. He has something that's less about parents and more about like compared to brother. I never got what he got in terms of, you know, coming into my own. I think that has less to do with parents and more to do with him. And he right. is actually doing that now. Now. Yep. But he has been historically looking for someone, not something, but someone externally to mark that. Right. Whether it's a parent, a friend, a mentor, a girlfriend, he's looking for something to kind of give him permission to be himself. Which is exactly why why when he went on this lunch date, it was important for him to say to you, no, because if it were for her to see my growth, it would be me looking for more, maybe for her to get back with me. And it really wasn't that. So cool. Yeah. That is so cool. I love it. And and it's you know something that he and I talked about way early on about showing up authentically when he was right. thinking, well, what do I have to offer? Like, you know, he was doing some fashion stuff and, and seeing some celebrities 
And he's like, yeah, some of them like, like me, they like talking to me. Like I need to give them something. And even one of his good friends has like more clothes and shoes than you could ever want. Like he just gets mm. the stuff all the time. And right. Drew thinking like, oh, I have to get him something. I have to give him something of value. Like, well, maybe the value is you just being you authentically. Right. And he's, he's doing that. He's really becoming that and, and practicing that. And it's, it's such a cool thing. And we're seeing, you alluded to it, but we're actively seeing his self-talk go from that external to internal. And I, I think I even right. mentioned that, like I said something to him about that and he goes, yeah, well, man, a little of both. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. Well, you've, I mean, this is clear again, it's he's the, the confidence is definitely noticeable for me listening to mm. very first sessions and now stepping in later. He's confident and he also just has a new way of talking. I noticed him use my mm. favorite word and right. Yep. You and I yep. use that word all the time. I can feel this and I can still be, I think he said better with communicating his emotions and setting boundaries. Like he's, right. I think you've right. lended him and we do this as therapists. Like we lend ego strength. Mm, well said. Say, say a little more about that. I mean, sometimes when I'm sitting with somebody Let's say you're my client, Doug. Okay. And I talk about this with my associates, the therapists I supervise in my practice. Sometimes we see somebody's growth or mm-hmm. we see the possibility when they can't and we're lending ego strength. We're, we're able to kind of say, Doug, I can see that that's possible for you. Right. Right. Sometimes yeah. it's just shifting language around it. Like, no, I actually, you know, I think you're not giving yourself enough credit here. There's many ways that we can genuinely lend ego strength to a client. Maybe they didn't have that and then they internalize right. it. Right. And just think that they don't, or it's been reinforced that they don't, or it just hasn't been enforced or reinforced that they do. And what right. we do often, I think, is we kind of put on their shoes and walk around in their life with them, not for them, but with them. So with their shoes on, I'm going to model what it's like to have ego strength in a particular situation. Then I'm going to take the shoes off, go sit over there and they can put those shoes back on their feet and walk around in that. Right. Well, he's got a nice, well-constructed, shiny pair of shoes. (laughs) Right. Truly. I can hear it again, how he pushed back it with you in Mm -hmm. a very non-defensive way. Just actually, I think this is how I feel. It's like a new Drew from my perspective. It is. And a moment that I loved in the session that hits exactly what you're saying. He also recognizes it because he was saying, I think he was going to current girlfriend's place to pick up like some stuff and wasn't sure how that right. was going to go. He brought, it, he brought his wingman. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we kind of like alluded to like, yeah, there's a version of you and we probably called it the little Drew version, but it's probably right. the version from like, I would say a year ago, he might say six months ago, right. <laughs> you know, he'd be right. like, shoot, totally. three months ago that wouldn't have gone down there that would have brought her her box of stuff to her and gave her a hug and done all this and done that. And as I'm saying that, I was like, so when you think about that version of you, what would you say to that version? And he just went, shit, go to therapy, (laughs) (laughs) which is hilarious and true. Yeah. And it's really what I think is cool. That's a great ad for therapy. It's also a great testament to him saying, I've made a lot of progress in therapy and done a lot of work and I'm different now than I was before. Yes. It's so cool when even, yeah, clients can say the old version of me or even two months ago, I would have handled and felt this experience much differently. Yeah. I am thrilled that we got to do this, even though we're not in person, maybe we will be the next time we do this. I hope so which could be another three months or it could be three weeks. Mm-hmm. It could be tomorrow. We do it tomorrow. Three years. No, listen, this was lovely, but I want to say this was lovely with you, but listening to Drew was also really cool. It's just real. It's, it's, yeah. you know, we don't get to, I mean, you do with this podcast. I don't get to listen back on sessions. I can hear them right. in my head, right. but it's cool to not be the therapist and remember session one and references that were still pulled out two years later and just feel 
just a different person with the same sense of humor, which I love about him showing up. So thanks oh, for yeah. letting me listen. You're very well. Doug Andrew. Yeah. And you, all of you out there in listener land, thanks for sticking with the Patreon. We'll throw another one out at you next week. And I keep threatening to have Meredith back on. She has gotten her new house. She is almost done moving. I think, I don't know if she's done moving, but she's almost ready to like go, okay, oh, okay. now I can listen to a session. Now I can do this. And I appreciate your time, Bonnie, for, for listening and, and doing this. Of course. And uh, I will you know, talk to you again in a few minutes. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. 